at Sainsbury's. Oh, oh Sainsbury's. going up in the world. Okay, we're live now, and hopefully things are actually working. Happy days, happy days. Uh, fine, it's fine, because it's fine. That's just the way things are, you know? We're just getting it done. Technology doesn't really work. Um, And also, I am 58 minutes late, so thanks for, <laughs> thanks for bearing with me, Andy. You're all right, no worries. It's all good. It's all I, about being um, flexible. I went and looked at this beautiful house. <gasps> so nice. But now all I need is like a partner and three kids to fill it. So, you know. You don't just... need that. Yeah, but what am I going to do with four bathrooms? Use one a day and then yeah. you can start afresh on a Monday. Yeah, big houses are cool though. I want a big yeah. house, but there's just no need. So. That gets Gosh, a real problems for me real problems <laughs> um okay well welcome to this live q a how are you i'm good thank you how about yourself i'm good how were check-ins this weekend good very good check-ins um lots of them which is great uh, and also getting them on getting them done like really rapid as well i think friday i had m- most of them done so it's good Check you out. Um, okay, so what what questions came up? Okay, okay. First one up. The leaner you get, does it become harder to lose body fat? And do you also be- and do you and also do you become hungrier if sticking to the same calories? Yes. <laughs> yes, unfortunately, that's how it works. Yeah. So, like, a couple of things happen. Um, one of the primary drivers of hunger is a hormone called leptin. And that's released primarily from your adipose tissue, your fat tissue. So the less fat you have, the less leptin you have. And that signal, it's like a signal to the brain. If there's not much leptin, the brain's like, there isn't much energy here, which means we need to amp up your drive to eat. So hunger increases. But also we need to maintain as much energy as possible as well. So what tends to happen is you habitually move less. So things like your step count can go down, what we call non-activity thermogenesis, non-exercise activity thermogenesis. So neat can drop. Um, Other things at the extreme end are things like if you're a woman, sometimes you'll stop menstruating because that's a very energy costly process. And your body's basically saying anything that costs a lot of energy, we're going to try and stop doing for now. Anything that's not essential. So it's like a survival mechanism. So yeah, as you get leaner, as your leptin levels drop, it becomes harder to lose body fat because your body's like, we don't want to get rid of any more energy, actually. Mm. That's the tough, the tough, the curse the way the cookie crumbles, but it's the tough one. <laughs> That's the way the cookie crumbles, yeah. Exactly. Um, okay, doc, number two. Um, if I'm mixing workouts with things like Peloton bodyweight strength workouts, is there a combination that I should look for in terms of making sure I'm building the right foundations? Great question. And also, it's a little bit hard at the moment because I think it, this has come up a couple of times in check-ins that people are, are a little bit confused because there are a lot of workouts on the app. Mm. Now, this is kind of to try and keep everyone happy because everyone's in different situations. Some people have dumbbells at home. Some people don't. Some people want to use bands. Some people still have access to the gym. Like, bear in mind, uh, Scotland is not in lockdown, so we actually still have access to the gym. I saw um, 
I think it was Stu Mack actually. Someone had messaged him being like, it's really irresponsible for an influencer to still be showing there at the gym, blah, blah, blah. And he's just like, I live in Scotland. <laughs> Leave me alone. Yeah, sh- shut your hole, you can I just remind people that we didn't get gyms back for a couple of weeks later than... Oh, yeah, a couple of months. Did. Was it a couple, couple of months? months? Yeah, it was two it months. It made no odds to me because I couldn't go anyway. But like, yeah. Yep. There, there you go. So anyway, yeah. that's why there's so many workouts on the app. The other thing I'll say about home workouts, and it usually sort of body weight, strength type workouts, it's not too much of a concern which ones you pick. So you've got your daily wads from Shona, which are absolutely awesome. Now, it doesn't really matter which ones you do. So if you're like, I'm going to train Monday, Wednesday, Friday, great. Just do the Monday, Wednesday, Friday workouts. It They're all full body workouts and they'll all work all your body. So don't stress about missing a certain part of your body out or anything. Yes. Um, I often find I don't feel hungry in the morning and during the day, but once I eat something, it makes me feel much hungrier, especially in the evenings. Is this a mindset change which is needed, or is there another reason? It can often lead to too much snacking in the evening or finding that a lot of my daily calories are consumed in one part of the day. Ah, oh, This is such a good question. It's actually something I have pondered many, many times, and that is that like when you fast, you tend not to be hungry, right? Do you still fast till lunchtime? You used to, didn't you? Still do, yeah, yeah. yeah. Even so even I, me. like now and again, I'll do the same. In fact, at the moment, like most of the time I do. And and by the way, for no particular reason other than it just fits with my day. But I am not hungry until I start eating. Like mm. I'm not, no interest at all. Like maybe sometimes around lunchtime I'll get hungry because my body's probably expecting food. Yeah. But, it, it is true. Like, it's almost like I always say, like, you're opening the gates of hunger. Like, as soon as you start eating, you're like, oh, I am actually quite hungry. But weirdly, fasting seems to make you like it's a, almost a bit of an appetite suppressant. Yeah, I, I find that. I find it a bit that I totally don't think about eating. And then when I do, I'm a little bit like, actually, when I get to like the first meal of the day, I'm a little bit like, oh, I can't really be bothered eating. And then, but then when you do, you're like, oh, actually, I could probably eat more and you end up probably do. But um, yeah, I wouldn't stress too much about what time of day you're consuming your calories, provided that you're managing to recover from your training sessions, provided that you're not gnawing your arm off first thing in the morning, or, you know, you're leaving yourself calories for a little bit later on at nighttime. If you're getting hungry and getting up during the night, if you're hungry, um, find what works for you. It's the same as any of this stuff. I would say um, it's absolutely fine to sort of like backload your calories and actually from a adherence point of view, it's sometimes a bit easier because like breakfast like on a weekday isn't really a social meal anyway. So if you skip that, you skip that, whatever. The evening does tend to be more social eating. If you've got family or friends that you're eating with, that like you might want to save some calories for that. Uh, and I would sort of echo what Andy's saying. If there's no negative to it, i.e. if you're not, so hungry that you end up binge eating or you're not really hungry in the morning meaning you don't concentrate very well or you feel like your energy levels have dropped in your workouts because you train in the morning but you haven't eaten before like if there is a problem fix it if you're just stressed that you seem to be eating more calories in the evening than you do in the morning that's not really a problem yeah I think if the the bit of the question that says about it often leads to too much snacking in the evening I would just say that 
is the snacking still part of your calories? Because if it is, don't stress about it. Again, you're you're worrying about something that you don't really need to worry about. Snacking's not a bad thing. It's actually quite handy to keep yourself from. I find snacking helps me from overeating. So if I'm, you know, hungry, I'll have something to eat. So it means that I don't get to later on and just destroy everything that's in the house. So, yeah. Yeah, you don't want to get over hungry. Yeah. Um. Okay. Okay. How quickly do you lose strength, even if you keep training, but with less weight? When I went back to the gym after the first lockdown, although I'd been training throughout, I obviously couldn't lift the same weights. Then strength seemed to come back after a couple of weeks. Going back into lockdown for another month, hopefully, uh, will I lose that progress again? This is quite, a, like, you can't really quantify what's going to happen yeah. here. What I will say is that after a month, of still exercising still using that muscle i would doubt you would lose much strength and i would be willing to bet that within like a couple of weeks of getting back in the gym you'll, you'll have that strength and then potentially more back already now it was quite interesting to see how different clients reacted to the previous lockdown as in some people like for example sarah's lifting pbs again and like her strength was already very high and it's not been that long and she's also had an injury to deal with. So she's obviously responded very well and being, been able to maintain strength very well. But there's other clients who have like regressed a little bit. But what I would say is never very much at all. Like, not, not a you month. You can maintain a hell of a lot at home. Like you're not going to lose muscle mass in a month at home if you're still stimulating that muscle. Yeah. Strength wise, I think a lot of it is just you will start to see the weights come down, but it's not going to be again in a month. It's not going to be a huge amount that you're going to drop off. Um, but the the most important bit is about being smart when you go back to it. Don't try and go back and lift in exactly the same as what you were prior to lockdown, because that's probably when you're going to get injured or you're going to find that's when you're going to start getting niggles. Um, take take back off maybe I'd maybe go twenty seventy five percent of what you were shifting previously and start there and see how you move move the weights you might find that within a week you're back to normal so or back up to where you were previously so it's and as you say it's it's very very individual some people won't lose strength some people will lose strength it just depends on the person yeah excellent um what to do even when sick to keep positive is that the end of the question that's the question okay um well it's just come over a few times in a few of the check-ins is people being very hard on themselves you cannot quote you cannot control being sick so why are you being harsh to yourself it's not like you have made a choice to unless um, not... you're hungover unless yeah well that's not sick that's just that's self-inflicted um but um yeah people if you somebody actually popped that up about um training when sick as well um Number one, you don't want to be spreading disease or sickness amongst anybody else. So probably steer clear of the gym if you're able to still use the gym. We've we chatted about this previously on another another podcast about obviously sort of etiquette in gyms now that we're back during the pandemic. Um, but yeah, try to look at it, look at the things with sickness as you can't control it. It's something that's hit you, um, you know. So don't stress about it. Yeah, I think it's really important to remember like the probably if you just take a couple of days off, as Andy's saying, take the pressure off yourself completely, then within a few days, usually you're feeling better and you can get back to things. 
if you keep piling that pressure on thinking, oh, I need to at least get my steps in, I need to at least get one workout in this week, I need to at least do this, 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 then often it just prolongs the illness. So if you're unwell, like give yourself a break, give your body a chance to recover and you will be back to it quicker than if you just tried to carry on. Yeah. Um, what was the question? How do you stay positive? Yeah. I mean, that's quite hard, but I think just know it's going to pass. Like you will yeah. get better. They, yep. You'll get better quicker if you look after yourself. And like Andy's saying, there's no like, it's nothing you can do about it. Everyone gets unwell. Yeah, exactly. Especially this time of year. Okie doke. Um, I'd like to know if there's much truth behind the 40-minute exercise for fat loss rule. I'd heard that you need to do at least 40 minutes to get into fat burning fat, but don't understand this. Surely for all, overall fat loss, it's more important. Um, that question straight away, there's no science behind fat loss timings and heart rate values and all manner of stuff. So straight away, don't. that's a question that I would say don't stress yourself about um, provided that you're hitting your non-negotiables provided you're getting your training in provided you're getting your steps in you're gonna you're gonna see fat loss come um yeah this actually came up in the group something very similar yesterday um the the reason this sort of myth pertains is that um there is like a, an element of truth to it so the lower intensity you exercise the higher percentage of fat you will be using as fuel and that's because fat needs to be oxidized. So it needs oxygen, which means that you need to be exercising at quite a low intensity to make sure you're fully aerobic in your movements and you're not using anaerobic breakdown, which would be more carbohydrate fueled. Although carbohydrate can be oxidized as well. Anyway, sort of side product. But um, the, the lower intensity of exercise. So the most percentage of fat that you use is when you are asleep like when you're at rest you will be using the highest percentage of fat because it's like the lowest intensity that you're working um but really as as you've pointed out in this question if you kind of figured out like the more calories you burn the more that will contribute to your energy balance and you gives you potentially more chance of losing body fat as long as the nutrition side stays the same so do not worry about it and it's almost in, like it's insane when people are like oh i don't want to exercise too hard in case I come out of the fat burning zone and then I'm obviously not burning fat for fuel that like oh it just it's an annoying thing that doesn't seem to go away the same sort of thing is true as when people are like oh the more fat that you eat the more fat that you burn no shit Sherlock like oh wow (laughs) that's surprising isn't it like what you put in your body you will use yeah okay so yeah if anyone tells you to do that then you can just say i'm okay thank you i will continue doing my exercise as i am do you know what someone um sent me something yesterday and it was like um which which fasting you should do depending on your body type (laughs) it was like if you're shaped like a pear you should do 16 8 window fasting if you're shaped like a triangle you should do blah 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 i was like what on earth one so of them was like only a four hour eating window as well, which is pretty, pretty restrictive. Just a bit. Yeah. Um, okay. Vegan questions. 
If I eat a varied diet throughout the day, does it matter if I don't consume the perfect amino acid mix at the same meal to make the complete protein? Basically, can it become a complete can it become complete anyway if eaten at different times within a within the day or within the twenty four hour window? This is a really good question. Um, yeah, I wouldn't stress too much about having every single meal have every single essential amino acid in it. But what I would consider is leucine because it's going to trigger muscle protein synthesis. So like a lower level of that might have an impact. And if you can get a big variety in at each meal, that's great. But I wouldn't like over overthink it. If you're hitting your protein target, if you're getting a good variety in throughout the day, and if you can have, I mean, there, if I was vegan, I would supplement with, probably I would supplement with essential amino acids at each meal. Mm. Yep. Um, but definitely with leucine because it's, it's going to be low in animal sources of protein, uh, sorry, non-animal sources of protein anyway. And we yeah. know that it has an important role. Yeah. Great answer. Um, how to balance having a varied diet with the admin of calorie counting. I find I'm eating the same foods over and over again because that's the easiest way to make sure I hit my calorie and protein targets without spending all day inputting foods into my phone. For me, it's routine is ideal. So I generally, personally, I will generally have the same meal, probably the same, same site sorts of foods for probably two of my three meals of the day. And then my final meal of the day, which will be the one that I have with my fiance, will be slightly different. It will be, that will be the one that changes in the evening. So it means that you've only got one thing to, to change up. Um the whole thing about this is like is about if you're trying to get your nutrition right, a lot of it is about routine and a lot of it is about getting things right. And if you keep constantly changing stuff, it makes it very difficult to um, keep track, you know. And especially if you decide that calorie counting using my fitness pal daily is potentially something that you'd want to get away from and start to eat a bit more off book, you will probably find that it'll be easier to do if you routine yourselves into eating the same meals. Um, because you know exactly what's in them. Yeah, I agree. I think so. There's like pros and cons. It's one of the reasons that we don't set macros is because if you're trying to hit carbs, fats, and protein within your calories, that's really hard. And I don't. I mean, I would just eat the same thing every day if I was trying to do that because it's just oh, it's just tedious to try and like make changes there when actually you know what's going to hit those numbers that's why we don't really care about carbs and fats because we want to make it as flexible as possible we want you to have variety not just for adherence and enjoyment but because it's good for you to have variety in your diet in terms of your gut microbiome and, and many other things so i do like what andy said because even if like let's say when he says he's having the same meals say twice a day or you know two of the same meals a day and then flexibility in the evening i really like the way of setting that up also it doesn't mean you have to eat exactly the same thing so for example yeah. you can say yeah for lunch i have a salad the ingredients in that salad can change now obviously you don't like they if you change them drastically you should probably recalculate how many calories are in that but if you're like yeah so like yesterday i had some peas today i'm having some sweet corn it doesn't really matter like Yesterday yeah. I had an apple, today I'm having a banana. Great, you've got some variety in there. It's roughly the same calories. It doesn't really matter, hugely. Um, so you don't need to be like overly, overly anal and analytical about things, but you can just change up your veg option. 
Or there's yeah. loads of like lean protein sources. You could just switch between them. Like, oh, one day I'm having chicken, one day I'm having fish. But do you know what? They're roughly the same. Or even if I know that the day I have chicken, it's 50 calories more. Fine, I can account for that later in the day. Like, it doesn't need to be really pernickety putting in my fitness pal all the all the time. Yeah. Um I think, so yeah, I think good. Um, certainly I had one come up on check-ins was about, you know, the, the the amazing the amazing some of the amazing foods that people have been that put up with the calories that they're intaking. You know, you see people posting put pictures of their food. And I think a lot of people get freaked out that they have to have the variety. You know, if you have time, be be varied and change things and make it as great as you want. But I'll be honest with you personally, I find having not a bland diet, but something that's just very, very routine for me works much better. Um, I like to play around with my my evening meal and be a bit more adventurous with that. But certainly when I'm if I'm cutting, I make it as simple as possible for me to stick to it. Um, yeah, but I think the commit to six group keep an eye on that stuff you know people post some amazing looking meals stuff that like should be in master chef like you sit and go that would not look that would not look out of place on like Are a, you talking a... about me and my walk exactly yeah. you and your walk oh do you know what <laughs> i made poached eggs the other day and um neil said it was eight out of ten. <gasps> wow yeah. which is really wow. high praise from neil that's impressive like I, <laughs> poached eggs i'm I'll just fry it. It's fine. <laughs> oh no, but he's got the best tip. Don't you remember the video you put in? It's honest. It's changed. It had changed my life. Basically, you boil the water. As soon as it's boiled, turn off the heat. Crack the eggs in. Two minutes. Bosh, just like that. Bosh, so good. Um, before we move on from that, here's a little question, which I am ninety percent sure we've already covered. So I remember discussing this. Um, any such thing as a snack with a decent level of fat, but not too calorific. I know that we don't have a fat target, but I have PCOS and I want to be good to my hormones. So I struggle to hit a gram of fat per kilogram a day. I'm only on about 40 grams a day, salmon, baby bells, anything else. Um, I would add olive oil to like one of the salads that you're having. I think that's a good way to do it. Uh, the, The reason I'm like... So fat is more calorific, like per gram, it's over double the amount that um, carbs and protein have. So you cannot find a, like a low calorie version of that because that doesn't like exist. that's what it is. It, it's meant to be high calories. So yeah. in terms of is there like a secret snack? No, but there's loads of ways you can get your fat intake up for sure. Yeah. And I would say olive oil is a brilliant one. Exactly. What's your favourite fat? I do like olive oil, I have to admit. I find it goes with pretty much everything. It's very Stop difficult. copying me. Olive um, oil. Um, I don't know. I always I'm like not, to sort of... Not like, an avo- not a, avocado fan. I'm <laughs> not an avocado fan either. They're the most overrated thing in the world. So I'm even going to class it as a food source. Yeah, it's not great. It's not it's a great time. Minging. 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 Okay. Exactly. Um but I would say with fats, like choose your indulgences on that. So if you're like, oh, I love full fat milk, great, have it in. Or if you're yeah. like, do you know what? A bit of toast with butter on. Mm, 
yes like there have that fat or do you know what if you've been having low fat yogurt for a while just try like a full fat greek yogurt it's like (laughs) it is like eating oh it's so good so i think greek yogurt's another good one as well someone's just written avocado avocado no avocado no get it yeah, I, I ruined it. that joke by mispronouncing it. I am very sorry. <laughs> <laughs> ruined? Yeah, ruined. Sorry. Cool. Right. Um, I have asked this a lot, but re- but really interested in antidepressants and weight gain cravings. I have been on them for uh, for a year. Came off in September last year and lost two stone. Started taking them and put it back on. Uh, came off and lost and went back on and the weight is creeping back also feel chunkier even if it's just a few pounds okay um so antidepressants can cause weight gain or can have a side effect of weight gain i don't like the word cause weight gain because it still comes back you have energy to do something balance. to cause it yeah. well so there's very so when we we talk about let's talk about weight gain first so that would be like potentially some antidepressants um i was on a certain uh painkiller which is often used as an antidepressant and it does like water retention to the max like i couldn't even put my rings on because my fingers were so fat so like you know it's water retention when when it's like that um so yes they can cause water retention which will increase your weight on the scales they can also cause you to gain fat for various reasons the first one is sometimes because you're happier and you eat a bit more because of your, the fact that you're happier. So that's one potential side effect. Uh, mm. So like the fact that it's working sometimes for a lot of people. And that, that obviously depends on how you have responded to your low mood. So some people respond to low mood by like emotional eating, which means that they, yep. that they would put on weight. Some people respond to low mood by not eating. So, you know, in that situation, sometimes when you're actually feeling better, you eat more and you put on weight. The other impact they can have is on hunger and how much you move. So they can, like, for example, the ones I were on, so lethargic, so hard to get up in the morning. Like, everything is an effort. So your activity expenditure is going to go down massively, which means that that energy balance is now swinging more in the way of storing energy than burning energy. So there's that. So make sure that you haven't become less active and then also your hunger levels can go up, which mean that obviously you're more hungry. So they can have real impact. But I think the knowledge that the impact is on hunger and how much you move means that you're still in control of that. Now, I'm not saying that it's not harder because it absolutely is. Like, I know exactly what to do. I also had Andy in my corner coaching me through it. I still put on weight during that time and like weight that I didn't want to put on. But it's yeah. not impossible. And I think knowing that you're in control of that is really important because I think a lot of people, and I don't think doctors explain this well enough, they're like, here's your antidepressants. By the way, they might cause weight gain. And that makes but you think, why. like, that all oh, that's out of my control because this medication that I'm taking is going to make me cause, like, is going to make me gain weight. When yeah. actually, it's going to have an impact on certain things within your body which would predispose you to gaining weight. Yeah. But equally, if we manage your activity levels and we manage your nutrition well, that doesn't necessarily have to happen. Yeah, I, that makes a lot of sense. A lot of sense. Okay, uh, when I first joined Commit to Six, my goal was to lose weight 
I gained after having my daughter. In brackets, four years ago, cough, cough. My goal was to reach 10 stone seven. I have reached that goal and now I feel I've hit a block. I've never been able to get below this weight. Family say to, to me all the time, well, that's maybe your body's natural weight. I know this is not true as I still have body fat, especially lower body that I need to shift. How can I get out of this way of thinking? I am finding that this time around, I'm finding it harder to stay within calories and stay away from the junk food. Despite feeling amazing last time round, I was consistently losing weight, feeling great about myself, loving that I was not giving in to cravings, never overeating and feeling fantastic. Why is it so easy to slip back into the junk food habit, knowing that it is going to make you feel awful? Is this from Kelly? I would need to go back through it. Um... All right, okay. It doesn't matter. Because if it... Yeah, okay. Right, that would give it more context. Um, Because if it is, she's lost like 20 pounds, which is not surprising that she's struggling to lose the last little bit. Yeah. Yeah, that's not going... That's going to make it quite... That's going to make it a bit harder when you get to that point. Yeah. Definitely. Um, You bring up an interesting point about what a lot of people term set points. So is there a point at which your body will sort of settle out and make it harder to lose more weight and that is true and there's a biological element to that but there's also what much more prominent like environmental element to that and your behaviors so it Mm. could be that given how much you habitually move given how much you habitually eat like you will always tend to settle around this weight and most people have a weight like that where they normally maybe they diet down to that level and then they never really get past that and it's it's often like a bit of time where they maybe plateau and it often you need a bit of a well actually sometimes it's just patience and consistency because a lot of the time it's okay I can stick to this for eight weeks and I get to this point but then because I'm not seeing results as quickly I lose motivation and I don't continue to do it that's probably the most like frequent thing I see is that oh I can never get past this point and it's like you are still losing body fat. It's just you're not going to see it week on week because you just simply do not have that much to lose. Yeah. Um, But it can also just be that we, we need to change it up a little bit. So it could be that actually you're, you're plateauing about here given the activity that you're doing, given the exercise you're doing, given the steps that you're doing. And we need to either make you move a little bit more or eat a little bit less to continue to lose body fat. Yep. Excellent. Um, last question. Uh, I have regular sports massages, normally every three weeks. I have been looking at cupping and scraping. I'm not sure what the benefits of this are, or is it just bruising your skin? Is this something you have tried and or would recommend? <laughs> I hate cupping. I think it's so stupid. There's absolutely no be- There's like no evidence to it whatsoever. It's a really good placebo, um, and it just oh, it's just like it's quite ridiculous, really. But I can understand why people do it. Like you see Michael Phelps doing it, and you're like, ah, oh, well, if Michael Phelps does it, then it must work. Like it must yeah. be doing something. But it's such a. If you think about what would the best placebo be, like you have these huge marks on your skin, that like, you definitely know something's happened. Like it's painful, it's uncomfortable. A prof- like a quote unquote professional is doing it. Like it ticks all the placebo boxes. So it probably does make you feel better. But do you want to walk around looking like you've got like 50 tits on your back? Horny octopus. But nah, um, I would stick with this. I'd be sticking with the sports massages personally. I think it's um, something that 
um, a lot more people should probably look after, give themselves a bit of self-care by getting a massage more regularly, especially with especially with how everybody's working from home nowadays and very few people actually have the right sort of set up at home um, with um, desk space, etc. I think getting a regular massage is something that I, and certainly something I recommend to my clients is to get one potentially every six weeks. Um, just to keep yourself ticking over. It's like a little bit like getting your getting a car your car serviced. It's um giving you just giving you loosening things off. Also like little simple things about, you know, if you if you get a good masseuse or a good sports therapist, they'll be able to give you little ideas about maybe things that you need to strengthen or, you know, little areas where you need to focus a bit more on because, you know, they can see the either the weakness or they can see the tension points. So yeah, I think um getting a massage is probably quite a beneficial thing. Yeah, if you can afford to do it, do it. Yep. If not, you can do mobility at home. You can uh, like get a foam roller, sort of work, yep. things like that. Um, I definitely don't think you need to be doing cupping. Um, if you want, I can post the article that I wrote about that because I did some... That was back in the days when I used to do a lot of ghostwriting. But yeah, I went in quite deep on that. A lot of people didn't like it and... Sorry. Remember, I actually remember, remember um, when I posted it and one of my friends who does copying like as part of her business was like really offended by it, which was a little bit awkward. Yeah. But like it's it's the, what the evidence says. Like I'm not saying like if you enjoy yeah. it, crack on, but there is no evidence for it whatsoever. Ghostwriter. Do you remember that program? Ghost? No. There was a program that you used to watch when you're, mind you, I am 10 years older than you. So that's probably why. Ghostwriter there'll be some folk will remember that oh rider no co- ghost writer there was actually like a sort of kiddies like educational program that helped you write and stuff do like oh. letters etc okay. yes i was just meaning when i wrote articles for people but they didn't say that i wrote them and claimed that they wrote them but paid me to do it that's what i meant yeah. by ghostwriting always good always good um that's the it's... last of the questions from the oh, check there's, there's one question here if it's inbred in me to avoid carbs, I can't get my head around eating potatoes, pasta, and rice, and not gaining weight. Is there a prime time to eat them? But they're all so tasty. Mmm. And also, like, white think... potato far and away out is outranks sweet potato. Sweet potato sucks. White potato okay. rules. <laughs> just just, put that in just there. a public service <laughs> announcement there. <laughs> uh is there so, okay so i think a lot of people get stuck in this headspace yeah um and i can do a whole episode debunking this because it's my one of my favorite topics to talk about but uh, where to start with it i mean firstly i think the only way that you're gonna actually believe this is to eat some and realize that you're not gonna put on body fat doing that within your calories there are numerous reasons that eating carbs can make you put on weight and put on body fat and primarily it's because they're very tasty and they're so easy to overeat it's very easy to overeat like potatoes pasta rice etc and portion control is quite hard with that but um and then the other reason is that like if you've gone low carb for a while and then you introduce carbs that does mean that you'll retain a little bit more water within your muscles it's a good thing actually makes you look better not worse but equally, people who are kind of a bit obsessed with the scales, then that can kind of 
that can make them think that they've put on body fat when they haven't put on body fat. Um, she's just said, yes, please debunk. Uh, there's many, many posts I've written on this, but... Um, it's, it is as simple as you've made it, though. It's, you know, I think there have been numerous magazines and doctors like this. Is it Michael Mosley, whatever his name is? Giving it the big one about that carbs are the devil. And it's like... Oh, well, yeah, there's like Gary Taubes. And the thing is, they, they always have like a sprinkling of science with absolutely no context so they'll use like the insulin hypothesis which is that so when you eat carbohydrates you release insulin insulin is a storage hormone so it will cause you to store fat so they use yeah. that as like oh, okay well when you eat carbs you store fat thus if you avoid carbs you won't spike insulin and you won't store fat there are so many problems with that like primarily the, the first one is what well, one protein also uh, stimulates insulin as well and actually when you eat you want insulin to increase because you want to take in that energy away from the blood and store it somewhere safely because like having high blood glucose levels is bad for you that's what happens yeah. when you have a disease like type 2 diabetes and that causes numerous problems which you don't want so insulin is a good thing and even if you think about it like does that make sense right so basically insulin is saying, hi, there's energy here. You've just eaten some food. We're going to turn off. So the other big claim is that insulin turns off lipolysis, which is fat breakdown. Now that is true. That is what happens. And the reason that happens is because it bloody makes sense, right? If I've just eaten something, why would I want to be also breaking down body fat when there's ample energy available in my blood already? Because I'm, I'm eating at the moment. doesn't make any sense. Then you would have too much energy available and again you'd get this problem of having high blood glucose levels so it makes sense oh look there's energy here let's turn off our own fat breakdown process at the moment because we don't need it we'll store this energy that we don't need and then later on we can burn it if we need it like that's that's just how our body works that's why it's so brilliant because that means that we don't have to be continuously eating we can store energy so that between meals we have energy and we can break down energy but yeah, they take that little bit of science, which is that, yes, insulin does turn off fat burning for yeah. a short period of time while blood glucose levels are high, which is what we need it to do. Yeah. Like, if and then they're like, oh, it's in it. that means it's bad. How would you ever burn body fat if, you, if you're eating carbs? Insulin will yeah. blunt that process. But you then obviously get that you get the... the if you drop it down a level to like sort of where we are with coaches, you get those coaches that jump on that bandwagon because they actually don't read this. They don't get, they sort of hedge themselves into one corner. Um, it's actually very difficult to get yourself out of that corner as well. Cause you just look like you're stepping off your soapbox after that. And people go, well, you've just come off your soapbox and start giving you pelters. So yeah, it's, um, but also yeah, if you're carbs, the low carb carbs coach, are carbs are tasty. Yeah. It's simple I mean, like, I, the thing is, I think it's, it's a useful tool. I go low carb when I want to lose weight. Like, I yeah. prefer it. I think I'm more satiated going low carb. But when I say low carb, it's not, like, I think defined low carb is, like, under 50 grams or something, which is, like, yeah. ridiculous. That means that you're not eating fruit and veg and, like, it's just, it's way too restrictive. But will I cut out some of my portions of pasta and rice? Yes. Often yep. I'll actually just replace them with potato because you can eat way more potato like get, everyone try this tonight like weigh out like the equivalent of your pasta serving compared to your potato serving and you can eat 
like for the same given calories let's say it's 250 calories of pasta versus 250 calories of potato that's going to satiate you way way more (laughs) so that even that as a swap can save you a couple hundred calories a day and not make it feel like you're depriving yourself and i think that's like one of the skills of good nutrition is you know making making your calories go far and not feeling restricted and enjoying food while staying within your energy needs what a what a line what a line well 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 i think we've come to the natural end um also looks like andy's in a cave i'm in the cave why don't you have lights in your house because i can't be arsed putting them on there we go now i just look like it's halloween <laughs> okay well on that scary note great <laughs> questions guys oh and also like it's what day two for a lot of people it's been uh the first two weeks for a lot of people i hope everyone is getting on well i hope everyone is starting very well um i, I read the announcement the announcement i read the accountability post yesterday and everyone seems to be absolutely smashing it so you should be very proud of yourselves yeah, and it's one that keeps coming up regularly in the sort of check-in stuff is if you have questions, etc., pop them up in the in the group. Um, we'll get to them. But generally, genuinely, most of the other guys will get to them and help you out as well. So you'll get help from the other folk who are on Commit to Six or Committed um, if before we get to them. Yeah, um, please tag us as well because it's very easy yeah. to miss stuff and like I would hate like we're not I'm not ignoring you I like yeah. I've just not seen the posts and a lot happens in the group so if you have a question for us specifically or or even if you're like oh I want to know a little bit more about this carbs and things I can post yep. in the group um but just tag me so that I know where to post exactly okay peace ciao ciao <laughs>